on this week's show. Top of the league and feeling good, but not getting carried away. We hear from Cray Valley PM boss Kevin Watson. We weren't top of the table, I don't think, um, until the, the final whistle blew of the last game of the season. There's a new old man in charge at Phoenix Sports. Steve O'Boyle gives us his thoughts on his return to the club. When I got a phone call, obviously, at the weekend, um, I obviously jumped at the chance. It was one of them that I had to do it, and I don't like seeing a club where they are. And flying high in the National League with eyes on an FA Cup upset, we hear from Bromley boss Andy Woodman. It's going to be a, a, a real tough opposition for us, but one I'm looking forward to trying to pick the wits against. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Can Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. It's November, yet we're about to bring you a show with interviews from three clubs who haven't appeared on the show so far this season. So hopefully you will enjoy that. I'm John Phipps, who's had very little work on this week, but I still managed to be incredibly busy. And on the line now is Mandy, this week called me an unpleasant name for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Matt Gerard, how are you, mate? Not bad. It was, the, it was the comment on your Twitter sort of thing, that's what it was, but... Yeah, I'm not bad, mate. I'm not bad at all. It's been, uh, it's getting cold, though. And I don't like the cold. I should point out that what Matt, Matt's, Matt's, as well, so. Matt's uh, thing of choice of uh, sending messages uh, is he'd like to do it one letter at a time. So I go back Which to I my think phone. Is funny. Yeah, it's quite funny. Yeah, but you know, uh, and we have, I've had all sorts of messages. I think my favourite one was uh, nine separate messages which spelt out cart horse. Uh, and regular listeners to the show will probably know who Matt was talking about uh, that day. But yeah, then uh, the other day I had sent him a, a perfectly nice message um, about one of the interviews for this show and I got back some abuse. So we don't need to go into what he said, but it just say it wasn't very nice. Well, I'm not a nice person, am I? You are you're the nicest angry, person yeah. in the world. Potty mouth, that's what it is. Or potty yeah. typing. Yes, well, there you go. Uh, but yeah, it's getting cold, and it's gone. It, the last couple of days, it's gone really, really yeah, cold. It's, it's not good. So I, I've, I've been at a fireworks display this evening at the kids' school, and I was like, out came the big jacket, uh, and I thought about putting my hat on, but I didn't in the end. But uh, yeah, it's it's getting it's getting cold, and I don't really like it cold. So and and that means now, the it goes on, and that cost me money as well. And obviously now we're in the sort of football season time as well, so you're going to have some chilly old lonely nights yeah. in that press box at Crabble, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, well, I need something to warm my cockles and my heart. <laughs> well, out come the boots, yeah, so it's, uh, um, yeah, it's just it's just cold sort of thing, yeah, cold and, and, it, and it's, I, we'd be take, we take the dog out early in the morning, it's quite, I prefer it in the morning because when we go out at half six, it's quite nice because it's still light, but when, get, when you finish work, it's just dark and depressing, really. So but that's sad. Is it sad syndrome, isn't it? Yeah, sad seasonal. Yeah. I'm not that bad, but it, I just don't like the cold. That's what it is. I know, do you know, I never used to feel the cold when I was uh, when I was a boy, but um, now I really, really, really yeah. do. Uh, and it's quite um, quite disconcerting, to be honest, a lot of the time. I do just feel a bit sort of, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't... It's that time where you think, oh, it's too cold to actually go out. <laughs> Which must be a, it must hit you at a certain point in your life. They get, oh, I'm going to stay in because it's just too cold. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but if you yeah. live in somewhere like America, like that bloke does, I don't. Oh, listen to that from America. Oh, yeah. He might have thirty degrees, but they might have minus twenty. Then I wouldn't be very good at there, would I? No, probably not. But uh, yeah, we'll have to see how it how it pans out. But. Uh... Yeah, I had a nice weekend though. We went to the Isle of Wight, oh, yes, uh, which you did. you did know. Um, it was a surprise trip, and and she was very surprised. Um, 
she worked it out when we were about five miles away from the port so that was quite good but it was really nice and, and we were talking of the weather we were really lucky it was dry it was bright it was sunny um despite it's, it's the, the fact, only way, it's a place you can drive it in about 10 minutes isn't it uh, a little bit longer than that but yeah it's pretty uh pretty straightforward but the funniest thing was on sunday morning i don't know if people remember but the weather was horrific here the wind was the, the rain was going sideways you could barely do a thing and i'm sitting here thinking we're going on a ferry in a couple of hours oh no uh, but fortunately uh, we managed to to how long to ferry journey? Up. about 45 minutes can you can you get something to eat on it or are you just sitting in your car no, you have to you have to get out of your car and go and sit in the lounge. But yeah, they've got little cafes and stuff like that. So yeah, just go and sit up there. And and it, it was nice in the day going over when it was sunny because you had a nice view of of the island looming towards you. And staying in a nice hotel, nice restaurants, lovely stuff. It was a really nice couple of days. Would you recommend back, the Isle of Wight or the Isle of Widget? As somebody used to call it when I was a kid. Yes, I would recommend it. It was a really nice way to spend a couple of days and, and plenty to do. Although I wouldn't go at this time of year because a lot of things seem to shut. But um, oh, right, yeah. yeah, no, it was good. I uh, really, really enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah, can't complain. Uh, anyway, so... No, I didn't need a passport. No, it's, uh, it was all fine and dandy. So, uh, not even a COVID passport. I think on back in the day when Dover used to play there, somebody got told to take their passport because they were going out. It was one of those stories you've heard before. So. Brilliant. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Uh, it's our 189th episode this week, and that led me to a song called What a Beautiful Day, released by Chris Cagle in 2003, which apparently includes the lyrics, Day 189, oh, I almost lost that girl to my foolish pride, which doesn't rhyme. Uh, and to be honest, I've not listened to Chris's song, but without even thinking, I've come up with songs by U2, Three Colours Red, and The Levelers with similar or identical titles, which I'm sure are much, much better than his song, which went the to Levers. number four in the, in the country music chart in America. The Levelers, they're one of those bands we mentioned before. My mate at uni, we loved the Levelers. They had, one of their albums is really good, early 90s ones. And they still, I don't know if they still go the Levelers. Did you, did you like the Levelers? Uh, I was never really a big fan. I know a couple of their songs, but no, well, I, I probably slightly missed the boat. I was slightly too young for them uh, yeah. when they were at their at their peak in the early 90s. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, if they were... If they were on a free concert over the other side of the road, I would walk over. But probably yeah. Chris Cagle, I wouldn't bother. Yeah, right. I, 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 and I hear you, you, your mates again, Biffy Clyro. How many times have you seen them now? Where, were you, where did you see them yesterday? I saw them yesterday at the Southampton Guildhall. Uh, long story, but basically they announced this tour months, well, last last year. It was called the Fingers Cross Tour. And it's been shifted about so many times. And it was them playing in small venues. Um, across the country i think i did six gigs in total as part of the tour and uh, i was lucky enough to get a ticket 1700 capacity uh so you know i've seen them before playing really really tiny venues and it was nice to see them back to uh back to their roots almost but it was a hell of a show it was one of the best gigs i've ever seen uh, i've seen them about 30 times now and uh, i love them every time i see them so it doesn't really matter that i've seen them loads that, that i still get the the buzz from seeing them all the time any more coming up I'm supposed to go and see them in Berlin uh, in February, so we shall see what happens with, wow. with all that. But yes, that is the that is the next one. Uh, they haven't got any more UK dates announced apart from tours, uh, apart from festivals. Sorry, so uh, we shall see when they announce the tour. You're their number year. one super fan. No, definitely not. But I will go and see them uh, quite a lot. So, uh, but yeah, you know, I just got. Basically, if you they're playing, when you go, no, I don't. No, I don't. Uh, I'm not that. I'm not that sort. I don't really get on with that sort of t-shirt either you know it's not my 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 bag i still i still wouldn't know any of their songs 
Well, you yeah. need to educate yourself. You've got Spotify. I've got a new album out. I don't pay for those. I like the adverts. They've got a new album out, so you know you might as well. Uh, Probably yeah, a bit too rough for me. I expect it is, yeah. I mean, they and and very sweary as well. So, oh, uh, I do love a sweary band. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Send send on that the medium we we communicate. Send over something over, and I'll listen to that at the weekend. A, a song, or would you think there's their best song or a couple of their songs? Okay. And maybe I'll review it next week. Well, you remember we used to do a radio show. Yeah. You remember there was that feature that we used to do the ninety minutes and ninety seconds. Yeah. That was them. The music behind that. Oh, I can't remember that. Well, but we never used to listen to it anyway, did you? No. No. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you over a couple of a couple of their very good songs, and uh, yeah. you can give us a review next week. Anyway, uh, let's get on with the actual show that we're here to be talking about, and with two interviews from either end of the division. It seems right to start this week in the Isthmian League Southeast. Twelve games played, twenty-nine points, and thirty-two goals scored. It's been a good start to the campaign for Cray Valley Paper Mills, who are still yet to complete a full season at this level since their promotion in twenty nineteen. The top of the table after a big win over Ashford United at the weekend, so it seemed like an ideal opportunity to speak to boss Kevin Watson, and that is exactly what Matt did on Wednesday. Yeah, without taking any gloss off it, um, we're not even a third of the way through the season yet. Um, obviously, league position is is somewhat irrelevant, if you like, at this stage of the season. Um, it's about getting the points on the ball, really. It's interesting, because you're the second manager to say that, that with you this week, that, you know, supporters look at it, oh, you're top of the league. But another manager said, well, it doesn't really make much difference to you look at the league table until about March. Are you still in that sort of, um, sort of remit as well? Yeah. Um, look, you do look at the league table. I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. Um, you look at other teams' results, um, and, and some people say that they don't, but probably most of us managers do, if, if we're completely honest. Um, but yeah, absolutely, league position um, is most relevant towards the back end of the season. And then obviously on the final day that the season was promoted, we weren't top of the table, I don't think, um, until the, the final whistle blew of the last game of the season. Um, so, yeah, it's more about the, the points per game ratio as than anything. And I'd say the other statistics in terms of um, looking at your defensive record, your, your goals scored, um, other things in terms of discipline like um, fair play and the number of cautions. Um, and we obviously delve a little bit deeper and more forensic as, as managers. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're pleased with where we're at. Um, I would also say that it's, it's just people doing their job, isn't it, really? I think that when there's an expectation to to win, um, when you are winning, it's just, just people doing their job and what, what they're at the club to do. Yeah, you mentioned about, I was talking about you, you know looking at you. So you, you were conceding a, a couple of goals or games, and you, you conceded five in one and four in another. And now, but defensively, since then, I don't think you conceded a goal in the league. So, has there been a, a different emphasis, or is it just as you say, players doing the doing their jobs properly? Well, with regards to emphasis, look, we we have um, a certain identity and way of playing, as, as most teams do. Um, the focus hasn't really changed. I think there's there's been a change of, of understanding of of what we want and need from players, um, and the mentality has been, been good from players. 
Um, so it's been a result of of that, really. I don't think we've we've done anything specific that we can we can put it down to. Um, other than just people doing their jobs well. Good result of the weekend. Ashford will be another side up there, winning uh, by a goal to nil. That's a, that's a big three points for you as well, putting again another marker. Oh, all the game, another cliche, but all the games are big games, aren't they? You can't take anything for granted. I always think if successful in leagues, um, there's an assumption that it's when the, the top teams play each other. But we don't know at this point who are going to be the top teams, are we? You, you've got teams like Whitehawk, who are probably one of the favourite teams that didn't start off that well. Um, but now they're picking up some form and no doubt they'll start to climb the table. You just take each game as, as it comes and we just need to focus on our camp um, as we usually do and not the opposition. Um, obviously, it's, it's good to know about the opposition and, and to watch games, etc. But even still, you can only impact the opposition by, by what we do in our play. Yeah, so uh, talking about it, you had the cup yesterday, and we've been, you know, it's a strange tournament. The Velocity Trophy, you won by two goals to one. Where does that lie on your priorities? I know you haven't got a league game this week, so um, was it was it an important game for you last night? Well, you do have an opportunity to give some players minutes that, that had less minutes recently, and we also used it as an opportunity to play some of the under twenty three players. Um, and give them an opportunity, really, because the under-18s and the under-23s, we're very conscious that there's some good quality players and good potential there, so it's a nice opportunity to have the mixture of some players that are more involved with the first team and experienced players with some of the younger ones, really. Um, but the, the performance was, was very good, actually, Um against a strong team so we, we was pleased with that and then the, the by-product the result was obviously pleasing yeah, also, I don't know if we don't talk about players but Marcel Barrington we mentioned him on the pod last week I've seen him around houses he's come in other clubs particularly at Margate etc he's come in and he scored goals and he's, he's always been a, a lively striker and you're getting the best out of him at the moment it's because we're asking him to not be lively for once <laughs> <laughs> but he's um Look, he's got an abundance of talent, um, technically gifted, been coachable from a young age. It was just with Marcel about bringing him in um, and him being a big part of what we do. Um, and he's taken that mantle and his, his attitude has been absolutely superb because we ask different things of him, I think, by his own admittance than, than what other managers and coaching staff have asked previously in his career. Um, and he's taken it on board and been an absolute joy to work with. And um, the goals is obviously pleasing for a forward to, to score goals. We don't put uh, an abundance of pressure on any one player to score goals. We're happy for them to come from, from all around the park. But... It is pleasing and does give a player confidence and some of the goals have, have been exceptional. Um, so, yeah, really pleased for Marcel. Yeah. No uh, league game uh, this weekend for you. You're back in the London Cup on Tuesday. So what what do you do? Do you go and watch other games or you go in for training? What, what, do you do? what, does, what does a manager do when he hasn't got a game on a Saturday? Yeah, certainly by the afternoon, whether we do something as a squad in the morning, um, we're meeting as a management team tomorrow to to discuss that. Um, we'll obviously train tomorrow and then in the afternoon um, we'll, 
get out and watch some games. Um, it's a good opportunity to do so. Um, so we'll, we'll certainly take advantage of that. He's, a, he's very keen not to get carried away there, Matt, but he really, really is doing a fantastic job, isn't he? Yeah, very level-headed. I think if I was top of the league and the way, you know, they were, as I mentioned in the, in the interview, that, you know, they're winning matches, but they were scoring goals, but conceding a few goals. But they've sort of laid that marker down. Um, we, we expected them to be up there, I think, at the start of the season, but they've taken it on board. Defensively, very solid. Good experience in the team. Um, yeah, yeah, I think... I think he's probably one of these very focused managers, Kevin. That um, you know, the players. If you don't work for him, you, you, you'll probably um, be out. You know, he he might not use you or let you go. So you've got a job and you've got to do it. So yeah, I think um, he's doing a very good job there. Um, can they go on and win it? I think there every game, like he said, he's not going to uh, look at the two, league table too much. But yeah, a, a really good job. Um, and I think um, a, a good club, really. So he's built them up through the leagues and be a fantastic achievement if they're playing Isbin Premier League football. Yeah, I mean, because it, we know they've got a, a bit of budget behind them. That, that's no secret and it has been for a couple of years. But it's, it's not still not an easy job because I guess there's a bit of pressure on it. And, and you hear Kevin Watson and we've met Kevin Watson uh, before and he doesn't seem like the sort of bloke who, who would feel that pressure. And, and I think... Yeah, we hear other managers who, who are maybe a bit more, uh, you know, would, would motivate in, in different ways, I suppose. But I'd imagine that the way Kevin does it is it's very methodical. Everyone knows their jobs and, and everyone has to buy into to the sort of project that he's building there. I think it's probably the school teacher that comes with him as well, which you've seen school teachers make, do make good football managers, so the, the structure and the, and the ability to communicate with players. And I think yeah, I think that's what it keys to that. And he, some of the players, are, I think he's got a quite a same sort of squad or who got to the Vars, isn't it? But he's just built on with a little bit of experience of people who know this level. Chris Lewington in goal, you know, probably playing at level or two below where he should be. They just bringing it through in, and uh, I think it's a, a good infrastructure for, for the players to work with. I think, and I'm, again, I think the school teacher really helps in that in that aspect for him. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of managers around who are who are in that profession. And I guess it does kind of lend itself towards it, doesn't it? Because you do have, I guess also you have that sort of flexibility with, with, with some, some things that you do. But you're used to dealing with people and getting the best out of people and seeing people grow. And I, and I guess that's why school teachers and football managers probably aren't too different. No, yeah, I think um, you want to better yourself and also better your players in the squad to try and get them to improve and I think the communication and the way you do that I think aligns it to a to the teaching profession you know the days of shouting at people for doing something wrong but if you can explain it to them right if we do it this way we can get better it's probably the way forward and you know I think a lot of people have got a bit a lot of time for Kevin in the game really he's very level-headed um um manager I think and you know going in the right direction and another one who Probably, you know, busy man, but lives and breathes football as well. I suppose one thing, though, Matt, is that as you learn during homeschooling, you still fancy yourself as a football manager, but I don't think you fancy yourself as a teacher, do you? Exactly. Well, neither, I think it'll be from there. Yeah, but yeah, I think <laughs> you, it, it's, 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 it's an approach from a school teaching point of view. If you can get your viewpoint over to your players, you're halfway there. 
Yeah, and, and he is doing a, a fantastic job, and obviously we'll keep a close eye uh, on how they keep performing throughout the rest of the season. But yeah, well, thank you to Kevin for his time, uh, and, and good luck to Cray Valley when they finally return to action. Because obviously they didn't, uh, they haven't got a game this weekend, but we will see. Uh, how they progress as they go along. Anyway, from the top of the Eastern League Southeast to the bottom, where after 11 successive defeats in all competitions, there's been a change of manager at Phoenix Sports. Four years after replacing Steve O'Boyle as manager, Paul Byram has departed to be replaced by Steve O'Boyle. Uh, there has to be a Phoenix from the Flames gag in there, surely. Anyway, earlier today I spoke to Steve about his return to the club. I've been away for four years, like you say, and I've been I've been to a few clubs. You know, I've been asked to do do things at other clubs and whatever for four years and um, I've played a bit of vets and whatever as well quite enjoyed the vets but um, nothing's really been as good as Phoenix if I'm to be honest um, you know it's a club I love it's a club I support it's a club I had good times at and um, you know whenever I've got nothing going on I always ended up at Phoenix supporting a team so when I got a phone call obviously at the weekend um I obviously jumped at the chance. It was one of them that I had to do it. And I don't like seeing a club where they are. And if I can help and try to keep them up and whatever, I want to do that. So that's, that. It was, a, it was an easy decision for me. Um, the only, the only thing was this week has been a little bit. I've had some awkward conversations regarding I've had to bring my own backroom staff in. Um, and like you said, I've had to let good people go. But you know, when you come into a club and and you, you, you're in the you're in the trouble you're in, you want people wrapped around it you've worked with before and you trust and whatever. So I've had to I've had to do that. And obviously with Paul going as well, you know, Paul was my assistant um, for two years, and um, you know we had a very very good relationship. And um, like like you say, when I left, he was the right man for the job. You know, he knew the club, he knew the players, he had good relationships with the players and he was definitely the right man for the job and he's done a really good job and obviously the last few, last like couple of months have been difficult and, um, you know, to, you know, I hope Paul, like, you know, he's back at the club and because he, he deserves to be at the club because, um, you know, he's been really good for the club. So I've had, I spoke to Paul on Sunday and, um, I wanted to make sure that, you know, he was okay with everything because friendship comes before football in my eyes and um, I didn't want him to feel awkward in any way. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, it felt felt okay with him that I did come back and he he said, yeah, no problems. He he wanted me to take the job. So, you know, in that fact, it was was an easy decision. And um, I will say the two boys that have been, that I've let go this week, Ross Baker and... um, and Danny Joy, I'll be honest, I'll, I'll tell you now, when I spoke to them on the phone, they were both class, you know, they understood the way they conducted themselves were fantastic and, you know, I've got massive respect for both them guys. Obviously, you come in, you had good success at the club before, but it's 11 straight defeats at the moment and I guess the first thing is to stop that run, isn't it? be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be nice. Um, we're training tonight. Um, and we're going to obviously work on stuff at training tonight. And um, like you say, if we could, um, I'll be honest with you, if you offer me a point now, I'd take it. You know, I'd love a clean sheet. And um, but yeah, we've got, we've got, we've got to start getting some um, some results, and we've got to start winning some football matches, and we've got to start doing it pretty soon. I did say to the committee and whatever, I said we're in a bad run of form. Please don't expect miracles straight away because it won't happen. 
you know, um, all I ask the players is on Saturday, win, lose or draw, let's walk in the dressing room knowing that we've had a right good go and we've had a battle up and we're going to, you know, win, lose or draw, we're going to make sure that teams earn the right to, 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 to get a win against us or whatever. But roll the sleeves up and make sure we have a right good go Saturday. Obviously, you know the club really well, and and they, you know, when in the statement that they put out when you were saying you were back, they said you, they were delighted to have you back. And I guess you must be nice for you to feel wanted. Oh, look, listen, I've got a good relationship with the club anyway. You know, obviously, I speak to the, um, I speak to them regular, like when I go down there. You know, they're good to me. You know, social, socially down there, I love it, and. Um, yeah, I've still got, I've got some good friends at the club and um, I've had lots of messages and, and whatever this week. And um, look, it's, it's like Christmas Eve for me. I can't wait for Saturday, if I'm if I'm being honest. Um, yeah, honestly, I, I am really looking forward to Saturday. And um, I know it's not like, it with, you know, it's going to be tough Saturday, but with everything else going on, it, it's, uh, you know, emotionally, it's going to be, it's going to be good, you know, for me, it's emotionally, going back, yeah, it, it's a club I love and I'm really, really happy to be back in charge. It looks like, to me, like a very, very tough division that, that you're in. There's a, there's a lot of good, big spending sides that, that you're coming up against and I guess you haven't got the biggest budget by any stretch of imagination. So it, it is a tough task for a club like Phoenix at, at this level, isn't it? It is, yeah, but I've done it before. You know, if you look, if you look at um, when we won the Kent League, you know, back in the day, our budget was ridiculously low compared to, i.e., Greenwich Boroughs. You know, I would imagine one of their players was on what our whole squad was on. You know, and, and you know, the, the season we had that year, we won the league. And then we went up into the Ryman League in the first year and we were relegation favourites and finished mid-table. And the second season, we was like, yeah, well, you know, mid-table, you know, everyone expects mid-table. And we was... We was we went into the last game of the season. Um, we could have got into the playoffs last game of the season. So we've we've done it before, and we've mixed with the big boys before, and obviously we've had a little bit of a tough time recently. But you know, I'm not one of these people who look. Oh, we can't win today because their budget's a lot bigger than ours. And I'll bet. Listen, it's a it's a game of football, and um, I'll go into every game hoping to win. And, you know, I'll, I'll never, ever be defeated. Oh, we can't beat this team or whatever because their budget's this and their budget's that. I'm not interested, you know. Um, we've got a very good football club. Phoenix is a great, great club, unique club. And, um, you know, when you when you go in for players, I hope that they try and buy more into the club than, than their wallets, you know. I suppose that is one of the things, isn't it? I guess there's going to be some turnover of players in, in the next few weeks and it's important that you all kind of gel together quickly. Exactly what we got to do. Yeah, um, I've put a lot of a lot of approaches out there. Um, you know, I think I think a lot of clubs in Kent have had seven day approaches for players and whatever. And I'm not saying I'm going to get any of these players, you know. Um, but I just want to, you know, test the water, see if anyone's unhappy anywhere, and if I can if I can get a few players in in the next couple of weeks, that'd be great. I did say to all the playing staff the other day, um, everyone's going to be given a chance. You know, um, I'm not going to just dismiss anyone. Everyone's going to be given a chance. And it's up to them if they take that chance, you know. Um, and, and that's basically the bottom line. You know, Saturday, if you're playing Saturday and you got a shirt, you want to be turning around to me after that game and going, well, you know, are you going to take that shirt off me? That's the way I look at it. If you're playing Saturday, and that, make sure you never come out of that side. 
So everyone's given a chance, and you know, like you say, yes, I have got I have got approaches out there. But first off, I'm worried about Saturday first, and Saturday we've got a big game against Whitehawk, and I've got I've got to, um, I've got to go out with the side I've got, and if they got if they got if they're playing Saturday, let's hope that they're playing a Saturday after. I suppose just finally, obviously, bottom of the table at the moment, but there's a long, long way to go, isn't there? There is a long, long way to go, but it's still difficult. You know, I think, I don't know now if it's three or four teams in that relegation thing and all that, where it's the last few years it's been one team and whatever. Um, I've been in a situation before, I'm not going to lie to you. I was, you know, we, we got called in at Greenwich Borough a few years back, and to be honest with you, it was one of them that. Yeah, we, we we were eight points adrift with maybe 12, 12 games to go and uh, we we basically got them out of it. The last week at the end of the season, we got us out of the relegation zone and um, we got put back in the relegation zone because of an admin error and we had to go and beat Aston's last game of the season to stay up, which was which which was a killer, really. You know, so we've been in that situation before um, and we've got a lot, lot more games to play this time around and I'm confident we can turn things around. I've got a good coaching team behind me. Um, I'm meeting. I'm, I'm, I'm meeting, and hopefully, my new assistant manager in the next fifteen minutes, if I can twist his arm to come and join me. Um, I've got, you know, I've got some good coaches, good coaches wrapped around me as well, who have all been at the football club with me before. And um, I trust everything they do on the training pitch and whatever. And all I can say is that we'll be well drilled. Every single player in that football team, when they go out and pitch on a Saturday, will know their jobs. They will know everyone else's jobs on the football pitch as well. Um, and that's the way we've got to be because our budget isn't as big as some of these other teams. And um, we've got to have a game plan going into games. And that's, and that's basically the bottom line. And, you know, we've got to make sure that when we turn up, especially at home, we've got to start turning some of these defeats into draws and some of these draws into wins. And, you know, we, like you say, we don't want to be in this situation going into February and March. We want to be, I want to be out of this as quickly as possible. But I'm not one of these negative people going, oh, we're in a relegation dogfight. Yes, we are. But do you know what? I want it to be short term. I want to get results and I want to shoot up the league. And much like Kevin Watson, he says there's a long way to go in the season, but I guess he wants there to be a long way to go. Uh, a big task ahead for Steve, I'd say, but he's had great success before. Yeah, they've gone back to something that, maybe worked in the path with it. Um, I think it's always going to be difficult for them to do that, to move up the divisions or be successful. For it. We just had a bit of a bad run, haven't they? And now the new manager will come in, or new old manager will come in and see what he can do for it. But it's a bit of a challenge. But again, if you're going on confidence in what you can do at clubs before, or what he's done before, he clearly thinks he's got a chance to do it. Yeah, no, I think it's one of those things. It's a, it's an interesting appointment, and I understand he's had great success there before. But four years is quite a long time in football, and interesting. You know, he says he's not going to go in and uh, and try and make loads of changes straight away. If the players who play this Saturday play well, then no matter what happens with the rest of the squad, they'll have the chance again the following Saturday. And I like that attitude, and 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 I kind of hope that he doesn't just look back and think, well, these are the players that did well for me four years ago, and and just try and bring them straight through. Did, does that make sense? Yeah, you mentioned numerous approaches for players, but I think if you get to that level, you 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 know players you're going to trust for you to work for. It'd be interesting to see what the the side is like, maybe in in two to three games of how they can get players through. But yeah, it's going to be a challenge. Um, 
clearly he's got a, a bit of linkage to the club and how much he enjoys the club and loves the club. Um, and maybe it was an easy decision for him from there. And, you know, you don't want to see people losing the job. And uh, I see it was the most important, interesting part of that interview is the dark side. Well, we had to let people know that, sorry, you may, you know, my old assistant went and people he knows, coaches, I don't really need you as well. But I suppose if you're in the business of football, when a manager changes, you can probably expect that's going to happen. But it's um, never nice, though. But that's how it works, I suppose, isn't it? It is. It's, it's, it's a tough game. And, and, and I kind of, I had ready the question of, I suppose it's hard for you to, to get back into the game because it means someone else has lost their job. But he, he went on and answered that for me anyway by saying, you know, he, he spoke to Paul before he took the job. And I thought that was actually classy of him to, to make sure that Paul, who'd replaced him in the first place, was happy for him to have another go. And I think that's, you know, I, I think that's really good. And, and it's interesting. I think it's a really, really interesting appointment. And, you know, someone who openly has said there that he absolutely loves that club. He's got that club's interest at, at, at his heart. I think that's a, a positive thing, and there has been news this week, Matt. I don't, I know you love this sort of stuff, but there has been news about what promotion, relegations, etc. There will be uh, over the course of next season. There, I there's going to ask you about that. I did see it. Basically, about, yeah. the the headline, as far as I can make it, is there's probably going to be fewer teams going down than we previously thought there might have been, yeah. uh, because we were expecting the bottom two to go straight down, and then the bot next two to be in the playoffs. However, it now looks like in total uh, from the eight divisions, there'll be 22 teams relegated rather than 32. Uh, and the knock on of that is that from the scaffold, uh, if the team who finishes second is in the top 10 points per game in uh, divisions at that level, they will be automatic promoted rather than to mess about with the playoffs. So by the looks of it, it could just be one place depending on uh, on how many one place automatically depending on how many people go down or two or, or, or I don't know what exactly what's going to happen, but I don't think it's going to be the two and two that we were expecting. There probably is a little bit more leeway. And and for Phoenix Sports, as I said to him there, they're not one of the big budget clubs in that division. So it is always going to be a, a task for them. But he brushed that away and said, well, we've done it before. So I'm not, you, you can't accept that. So he's got in there a clean slate. There's work to be done, but he sounds like he's the man to get that work done. Well, clearly the club have made the decision maybe to make the change. You know, 11 consecutive defeats in all competitions. Maybe they had a bit of an inkling that, you know, that the, the league structures may work in sides favour in this division. There's not many people uh, going down on that. So they're going to go, right, let's make a change and let's go to somebody who's done it before in this division for, for us before. And we'll go from there. Interesting to see. You know, they've played 11 games, eight goals. To be fair, they've only conceded 24 and 11, which I know it's an average of two a game, but when a side that's losing a lot of games, that's not too bad. So there's probably something to work with in, on that situation, if you can see where I'm coming from. Clearly, you've got to score more goals, but you're not leaking them by, the, by, by a dozen, by an absolute load, are you? So there's definitely a thing to work with. be interesting to see how the squad he can get together. Can he attract players from other clubs? And it's interesting what he said as well. If I can get, um, just if people aren't happy, maybe I can make them happy if they come to our club. So yeah, it will be interesting to see the transfer policy and the player policy over the next few weeks. Yeah, we'll certainly keep an eye on it. And like you say, it's an interesting thing because if you're not playing week in, week out and, and that 
opportunity comes along, you'll be thinking, well, look, I'm going to jump at the chance because he sounds like the sort of man you'd want to play for, for from that chat. Yeah. Okay, we say this every week and I think of it. All these managers clearly know what they're doing at these level, whatever level they are, and you and you feel confident in their abilities. I'm sure they will attract. He can attract the players he wants. You know who will be successful for him. Yes, he will. Let's look back at the rest of the results uh, across the division over the weekend. Uh, on Saturday, we've already heard Cray Valley beat Ashford. It was Haywards Heath 2, Sittingbourne 0. Ramsgate beat Phoenix Sports 4-0. A Louis Collins goal was enough for seven eights to beat Corinthian. VCD beat East Grinstead 4-1. And Whitsville drew 1-1 with three bridges. Then on Tuesday night, uh, Hythe Town were 2-1 winners at Faversham. Hastings beat Whitsville 4-1. And Ramsgate ran a 3-1 winners at Herne Bay. Josh Ajayi scored two there. To add to a hatchick on Saturday, five in two games. Now, that's a scoring streak, isn't it? Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I, I love strikers who score goals. So uh, just keep up the great work. Once you get one, maybe just a little bit of confidence. Everything you touch goes in the back of the net. I thought you'd love strikers who just put themselves about when it didn't matter about the goal return so much. Well, yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The position you're in at the moment, scoring any sort of goal is good. So no, I. I uh, there is a, there is a benchmark of a striker I like, but it, it, whatever level, if you know how the, the difficult part of putting the ball in the net, you're going to go far, I think. Yes. Uh, this weekend is Ashford against Hyde. Whitsville head to Chichester. Corinthian at home to Hastings. Uh, Ramsgate go to Boss. Matt Longhurst, former club East Grinstead. Faversham host Hayward's Heath. It's Herne Bay against Seven Oaks. Uh, we've already heard that Phoenix are at home to Whitehawk. And it's Sittingbourne against VCD as Nick Davis comes up against his former club there. And talking of Sittingbourne, Matt, uh, we had a message last week from Kane Rowland, the City One captain. Now, oh, yeah? Matt, can you remember why Kane might have messaged us? Uh, because I said he was really, really old and he's really, really young. Uh, do you know how old he is? You said about 23, 24. He told me he's 25. So oh, uh, you said he was 35. Yeah. So you're only 10 years out. That's poor, isn't it? Yes, he, he didn't mind, actually. He was quite gracious about it. Um, but he did. He did want to point out. Uh, he said he enjoyed the show, so that was good. He, oh, and good. He, good that he yeah, said, um, and put ten years on him." Yes, he said. Uh, you said nice things about him as a player, so there's no oh, yeah, hard yeah, feelings. Yeah, like him, yeah, yeah. So that's nice. But yes, thank you, Kane, and apologies again uh, from my co-host for saying you were 35 when you were 10 years younger. Uh, on Tuesday night in that division, Faversham travelled to face Burgess Hill. It was the FA Trophy at the weekend. Folks going to beat Hendon 2-1. Margate 2-0 winners over Beaconsfield and Cray Wanderers also through. They beat Kings Langley 4-1. All three of Irish League Premier Division sides making it through. Then uh, Herne Bay went out, though, 2-0 at home to Binfield, being that Faversham are the last South East side standing after they beat Leatherhead by two goals to one. Uh, their reward was a trip to Folkestone in the next round. Margate will travel to Needham Market and Cray Wanderers will be at home to Bedfont Sports. Uh, then on Tuesday night, it was back to the league action uh, for Gate and Invicta. The former losing 3-1 at Corinthian Casuals. Invicta held 0-0 by Hornchurch. Back to league action at the weekend for our teams at Division. Folkestone travel to face Chessunt uh, and it's Margate against Haringey Borough. Cray Wanderers stop start again for them. No league game for them on Saturday, but they do play uh, on Tuesday when they travel to face Merstham. Uh, let's move on then to the National League, uh, where Bromley have continued their excellent good form, uh, held to a draw by Halifax on Saturday, but they bounced back uh, with a 2-0 win at Woking on Tuesday evening. A, a stop-start affair there as well, where uh, the floodlights went off a couple of times in the first half, but Bromley kept their cool, did the professional job, and they got the result done. They're at 
very, very close to the top of the table now as well. If they win their game in hand, they will be top. Uh, but before that, of course, they've got the FA Cup tie uh, against Rotherham of League One on Saturday. And that was the perfect opportunity for me to give uh, Bromley boss Andy Woodman a call. So here he is, the Bromley manager, Andy Woodman. Yeah, it was... Uh... Uh, I've, not, I've not had too many of them in my time. Uh, the lights kept going out. Um, I actually didn't think it was going to go ahead at one point. But uh, yeah, let's get their focus. And uh, we managed to get the job done eventually. You're on a great run of form at the moment. You must be delighted. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the key is to keep everyone's feet on the floor. And, um, you know, good keep saying it to the boys all the time. Good teams just keep churning out the results. Uh, I'm not quite sure we're a good team yet, but we're definitely churning out the results. So that's what we've got to keep make sure we do. Keep uh, going professional and workmanlike about every game that we uh, that we come up against. I saw you interviewed by the club last night and you said, you know, we don't want to get carried away. You just said to me, you want to keep your feet on the floor. So are you looking at the league table or are you just taking each game as it comes? Uh, believe it or not, <laughs> I think this might sound crazy. Um, and, and I always hear managers say these cliches, but we, we're actually not, uh, because I don't think there's no point looking at the league table um, until until sort of uh, almost like you know the sort of back in the last year when I come into the club, um, you can see how how it changed from March to the end of the season so drastically. Um, so so yeah, I think it's just a case of making sure we keep in and around the pack. Since you came in, you've, you, you've done really, really well. And obviously, you know, you've had a lot of experience before. This is your first sort of big job at, at, on your own. Are you enjoying it and, and, and you, you're making a real success of it? Yeah, I, I, I always answer this question very similar. It, it fascinates me that people are surprised. <laughs> um, you know, I've been around football 35 years, so I, I do know one or two things, believe it or not. <laughs> um, and, and I say this, you know, to, about a lot of coaches out there. There's a lot of top coaches out there that never get a chance to manage um, that would become good managers thankfully I've got a chance to uh, to be a manager and um, yeah I'm thoroughly enjoying it you know and uh, like I say there's a lot of guys that have done a uh, a big apprenticeship as I call it you know of learning the trade um, over the years working with some top managers so I felt like I uh, I've done that over the last 35 years and uh, it's nice that the uh, chairman's given me a chance to manage his football club. I think one thing that's been noticeable, especially this season, is the young players that, that you've brought through. And that just shows what a good shape the club of Bromley is in. Yeah, uh, we've got good young players at our club. I think the key is when to put them in and when to take them out. Um, you know, some games they're going to be suited for and some games physically they're not going to be able to cope. So that, that's the real key. Uh, but yeah, we've got some really good, good young players coming through the system, um, and uh, there's many more underneath. So, like you say, the club's in really good shape. And I guess also now you, you, you turn your attentions to, to Saturday and a big FA Cup tie. Yeah, Rotherham Saturday. Uh, I know they're in League One, but they're really a Championship club uh, with Championship players. Um, you know, when you see the likes of. Will Grigg on the bench and tells you they're not a bad team. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a, a, a real tough opposition for us, but one I'm looking forward to trying to pit my wits against. Would you prefer the home tie? 
don't think it matters to be honest, I still a good team. Overall, <laughs> <laughs> well, I still think they'll still be a bloody good team. So, uh, uh, yeah, of course I'd like it for the fans and that, but no, it is what it is. It'd be, uh, you know, it's, it's a good place to go, Robin. Do you approach it like any other game, or, or, or is there a part of, you know, they are a good side, so it's a little bit of a free hit, there's no expectation on you? No, I don't like that word, uh, free hit, because I think that puts everyone in a relaxed mode. Um, we want to go to give a good account of ourselves. Uh, and listen, there's no point us turning up if we don't think we're going to get a result. So, um, you know, I really want to make sure that we go there focused on trying to get a result. And that's, you know, we can as much respect to uh, Rotherham as, as, as we can. But concentrating on what our job is and seeing if we get a, a result for Bromley Football Club. Yeah, because I, th- I guess the thing is, his confidence is high, and you want to keep it high. So going up there and getting a result would, would be even better. Yeah, yeah, it's not quite as easy as that. But <laughs> in theory, in theory, you're right. But um, yeah, we want to keep this winning habit and this, you know, this uh, this sort of hard to beat habit going. You know, so uh, it'll be it'll be a tough tough game. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and, and obviously from speaking to you and watching other interviews, you keep your feet firmly on the ground, but I guess you're just excited to see where this team can go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, this, this football business can bite you hard when you uh, start getting carried away. I've seen it many times. Uh, and uh, the, I say it all the time, the margins between, um, you know, the winning and losing are so fine. And at the moment, the margins are going our way. So I think it's very important to keep your feet on the ground, your team's feet on the ground, and keep your focus on what you're trying to achieve. Another man who's not too fussed about the league table at the moment, and and he is right there. He, he, it is it's the old mantra of of Chris Kinnear, isn't it? Never too high, never too low. And he said things are going for us at the moment, but we don't want to get carried away because they could easily go against us. And and generally, what a fantastic job he's doing. Brilliant job again. I, I, when he comes across in that, I, he seems angry that we thought, or a lot of people think, that he wouldn't make a good manager, doesn't he? Mm. And I think he likes proving people wrong that he knows what he's doing, which clearly he does, and is spelling the game of being, you know, interestingly, um, when I was doing my stats about going to South End in the week, I looked at the last time I went to South End, and guess who was in goal for South End? Andy Woodman. Andy Woodman. So. Mm. And that was 20 years ago, and he has had a decent league career. Um, you, you think that people who said this before, goalkeepers' coach won't be a manager, and theory that goalkeepers don't make good managers, but clearly he's proven it wrong. He did a very good job at the back end of last season, and he's doing a very good job, very good thing at the moment. And as we mentioned there, I've mentioned the, the youngsters at Bromley. Um, they've got a very good academy, and I think he's reaping the rewards on that as well. And winning their game in hand that would see them top of the table so I think going in the right direction but I see he has been linked with a job this week Joel this today even yes uh, yeah indeed you sent me that earlier on of course uh, Hartlepool manager Dave Challoner has left uh, and he's expected to go to Stockport and that leaves a vacancy He's got, has it that been confirmed now? Has it? Yep. But that so that leaves a vacancy at the team who knocked Bromley out of the playoffs, and it seems that there may be some interest. Andy Woodman's son plays for Newcastle. Like you can see how that link has come together. But I don't know. I think he sounds quite interested in this project at Bromley, and, and having done so well at the back in the last season, I, I, surely he'd want to see this through, wouldn't he? Yeah, I think um, Bromley's a. A good club in a good location for him. Um, 
they would have if if they've taken a punt on him. Clearly, he doesn't think it's a punt because he knows what he's doing. <laughs> but if this was six months ago, Hartlepool wouldn't have looked to appointment him, would they? No. So I think a bit of loyalty to Bromley, and he can see what's coming through with the academy and the players he's got there, and the infrastructure with a good owner who's willing to back him, and I think will continue to back him as well. Um, as the season goes on, if they get more and closer and closer to the playoffs or even winning this division and from there. So I think he will be um, silly to take that position at the moment. Stay with Bromley, maybe at the end of the season, if you've got Bromley in the playoffs, other clubs may come in. But I think Bromley is a club on the up um, at the moment. And I think it's very worth sticking with with them. Yeah, and, and we mentioned the young players. I mentioned it to him there. And I know you were really, really impressed by those uh, mm. young players when you saw Bromley earlier on in the season. And and that's got to be a good thing because with Neil Smith, they had a manager who knew the club inside out, loved the club. Obviously, he's now moved on. But Andy Woodman is, is keeping that link of people who the club means a lot to by bringing in those young players who, who will be local to the area as well. And, you know, Jack Holland's got moved on as well. So a lot of the old things that were bringing people towards Bromley aren't there anymore. But I think I feel with these young players coming through, it's something to be really, really proud of. I think um, really, really proud of that they can go from there. You, you see the, you know, the scene pictures after the games, a lot of fans are engaging with the club. And I think that's a lot to do with the owners. And I think Andy Woodman's a character who can bring it on board on that. So I think... Um, a really, really, um, really good job. You look at the league table, you know, I'm very, very jealous of Bromley at the moment. <laughs> Obviously, Saturday they're in the FA Cup, uh, one of two teams that we'll be keeping an eye on at the weekend. And and it's an opportunity for them, isn't it? And these young players who we've just been talking about, they wouldn't have played at a place like Rotherham before. So it gives them a really good opportunity. Great setup that they've got up at Rotherham. As he said there, they're a championship club. They've been up in the championship re- recently. Uh, former Margate striker Freddie Ladapo is up there as well. So... Uh, it's going to be a tough one for Bromley, but I think Andy Woodman's really looking forward to it. I think it's a great draw for him, really. Um, just to sort of showcase it for the fans and realise, look, you know, we can go to places like this. If we get promoted, you'll be looking at big clubs like that. It's going to be a tough tie, but I don't think Rotherham um, will be treating Bromley with, with any sort of thinking, oh, this is going to be a rollover. Bromley will go up there with the players they've got. Can they cause an upset? You never know. I know Rotherham are in good form at the moment. I think they beat Sunderland five the other day. So, But maybe, um, yeah, I think probably will give them a good show at there and that will be an interesting tie at a super stadium. So for a Bromley fan, you've never had it this, this good, I would say, have you really? You look at it where they are, the infrastructure, the way they're going, they're a solid National League outfit and now you're playing away at Rotherham in the FA Cup. Um, we know how football can change, but as a Bromley fan... Keep breathing this in because you, if, this is this is crazy times for you. It could even get even better. Yes, and two or three years ago, there were these crazy, great, wonderful times were happening at Crabble. Uh, this week, a, a disappointing pair of results for for Dover Athletic, beaten five two at home by Stockport, four one uh, away at Southend United. Uh, any positives? Lovely sandwiches at Notts County uh, at Southend. Um, yeah, we played quite well, to be fair. Um, against Stockport, two all. If we um, took our chances, we could have gone ahead, and then we fell apart a little bit. South End, um, again giving away sloppy goals. 
got back into it 3-1, had a chance again. The story of our season, when we're on top, we then concede to lose a goal and you can just burst the balloon, really. Um, we will win a game this season. I'm absolutely convinced about that. But it's just it's just blur, really. It's just disappointing. I feel for the supporters. I feel for Andy Hessenthaler, you know, how hurting he is. But we've got to move on um, and plan for next season, as I keep saying. And hopefully the club will start realising that soon as well. Yes. Um, no game for Dover, I think, this weekend. Is it, any plans for a friendly or anything just to to try and get a bit of confidence in? Well, the, the, the consensus being that they need to be a bit more training, really, isn't it? So hopefully they'll be training all day to get Annie Hessenthal and get some more into them. So with a couple of tough games coming, I did work out as well from my stats that we've now, we haven't won away from home for 17 games. Right. And the record I can find is 19. Oh. And I think the next game we've got Yeovil away. Which uh, not yeah, talk here away, talk here away. So then it's somebody else away, which is also tough. It might be Halifax. I can't remember, but um, yeah, it's it's not good times at the moment. But good times will return, I'm sure. So, but it just just to get a win would just be so nice. <laughs> but that's what I've, I've been asking that for a long time. But yeah, looks to me uh, like your next two away games are Torquay and Yeovil. So you were pretty much on the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, with that, so yeah. Um, what was the date of that last away win out of interest? Uh, February the 1st, 2020, when they won at Stockport. Wow. When, when the legends in the Effiong scored twice. And I remember but, listening to that car, thinking, oh, we're going to get in the playoffs here. On the way back, little did I know X amount of months later, that will be the last away win in a while. So I think I might have to get the podcast from that, from that week to, to see how you were feeling. <laughs> You listen, but yeah, yeah, you have to listen back. Yes, what a result from there. Yeah, yeah, but um, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it is what it is. I, I had a nice day at Southend. I, I quite enjoyed it. Oh, I, Stan Collymore story. Do you want to hear what I saw? Stan, yeah, go on then. Yeah, um, was in the press box at uh, Southend, and I needed to, um, to visit the uh, little boys' room before the game. I went out, and as I went down, the the thing is, Stan Collymore was on the steps, and I said, "Excuse me, do you know where the toilets are?" And he said to me, no, I don't. And that was it. Well, I mean, surely a man who's been at Southend that long, he should know. He should know where the toilets are. He's been named football strategist something today, but he clearly doesn't know where the toilets were. Outrageous. No, I don't. I I don't know if he thought I was being cheeky that why should I ask the great Stan Collingwell where the toilets were? But... um, yeah, he didn't know where they were, but I did find them. So let's do that. that that's, so I did speak to a, an ex-England international this week. Okay, yeah. Excellent. Oh, I, Excellent. I spoke, he didn't speak to me. I sort of spoke to him. But he, he didn't mean that. He looked impressed, to be fair. Yeah, shame. There you go. Uh, International League South, a disappointing week for the leaders. Dartford, two defeats for them, beaten uh, 1-0 by Dorking Wanderers on Saturday and the same score at Concord Rangers uh, on Tuesday night as well. Uh, Three games without a win for Dartford. I mean, it's not exactly a crisis, but St Albans City uh, got a game in hand. They're only a point behind. They've won their last five. Uh, a, A little bit of of a difficult one for Dartford because everyone was raving about how fantastic they were at the start of the season. Oh, they're the team to beat. They're going to be the ones everybody's looking out for. But now they're in a bit of a a, a blip. Steve King's got to go back to the drawing board, hasn't he? Yeah, it's a bit of a surprise as well because, you know, they were free scoring, weren't they, in those other games? But the last two have lost 1-0. Concord and and Dorking, 
Unfortunately, Dorkin are getting on the run. I think they've won four on the spin now, Dorkin. They're slowly moving up the table. Yeah, I think you'll be disappointed with that, Steve King. Was, you know, two games ago, this time last week, you're thinking, oh, they've got a chance of winning those two games. They could be really way clear. But catching it shows the quality of this division with sides that can do it. But every team goes through a bit of a blip and hopefully they can reverse that this weekend. But um, I'm sure he'll be disappointed. But, you know, look at Concord and look at Dorkin. They're having decent seasons. So maybe Tough places to go, go, both of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. You expect Dawkins to be up there. Concord, I think it was a late late goal there. I think he'd be more disappointed he's at the score goals. But they've got a few um, injuries in attack as well, which I think they're trying to work out and trying to bring another striker in. But, you know, shows what a tough division this is. And you've always got to be on it. You can't um, drop your levels or you'll get punished. So it'd be interesting. But it's gone. they haven't won in the last three now, have they? So it's two draws, one defeat and two draws. So... If you class that as a blip for Dartford, you probably do, but I'm sure they'll be ready to bounce back. Yes, and obviously one team looking at the top of the table, they're probably licking their lips. Uh, RFC United, their game on Saturday was called off due to Bath City having a COVID case, but they are only four points behind the leaders with two games in hand now. Uh, so that's really opened up uh, mm. <coughs> for Ipswich United. And Dennis Coutrebe, uh, they obviously won't have a league game this weekend as they're in the FA Cup as well. Uh, they travel to Leighton Orient. And, and much like we said with... Uh, with Bromley, nothing to lose for Ebsfleet United, but plenty to gain. I'm going to shout it now. Ebsfleet will knock Leighton Orient out Oof. of the FA Cup. First time of asking? No, I think it'll be a replay. I just fancy Ebsfleet. I just fancy Dennis Kadrib. The way they're playing, the way I'm hearing good things about Ebsfleet. They'll, I think they're taking a lot, nearly a thousand fans there. I think there's a bit of um, you know, feel-good factor. I just fancy that or it will get a result at Ebsleet and then knock them out of the replay. I think Ebsleet will get to the second round. I really, really do. I just I just feel that, you know, they used Orient 1-5-0 last week, so they'll be a little bit overconfident. I think Ebsleet, they're probably playing, Orient may not come up against the side, many sides in division who will play the footway that Ebsleet do. So that may be a bit of a shock to them. So, I, yeah, I think, I think Ebsleet are going to get through. To the, I think they're going to, Cause a shock. Well, fingers crossed. Let's hope that we're talking about that next week. Uh, elsewhere on Saturday, it was Hungerford 3, Maidstone United 2, Tunbridge Angels nil, Oxford City 2. Uh, but Welling United did pick up a win, uh, a 1-0 win over Billericay, up to 14th in the, uh, 13th sorry, in the table now, Welling United. And it just goes to show what this league's like, because Eastbourne Borough, when I saw them against Ebbsfleet two weeks ago, were in the playoffs. And now they're below Welling United, who were bottom of the league three or four weeks ago. So it does just show that anything can happen uh, very, very quickly in the National League South. Uh, this weekend, uh, Welling go to Bath City. Um, that's a pretty much a bottom of the table clash. Braintree uh, at home is the destination for Tunbridge Angels. Dartford looking to bounce back as they take on Chippenham uh, and Maidstone are at home to Slough Town. And then on Tuesday night, Tunbridge Angels take on Havant and Waterlooville. So we'll be keeping an eye on all of those games. There's so much I am, going I am on. Maidstone on Saturday, John. Are you? Oh, excellent. Against Slough Town, yes, I'm there. So I have seen Slough earlier in the season when they lost at Dartford. And I'm looking to see Maidstone. And I, um, Maidstone have, have won in five, four in the league, and then what, out of the FA Cup. So 
And there's been yeah. some some discontent from supporters yeah. that I've seen. So I'll be interested to see what what you think of how they're shaping up because there have been supporters saying we won't get in the playoffs if we keep playing playing like this after their recent couple of disappointing results. So it'll be uh, very interesting to get your views on them next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm look, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm led to believe there are going to be a couple of new signings going to be announced probably tomorrow as well for them. So Hakane Retin is, I don't know if he's under pressure yet, but I think um, the consensus, the way they went out the FA Cup was disappointed and previously games at home games, they haven't scored any goals either. So, you know, I think Maidstone fans are pretty loyal. They're not really get on the back of your team, but I think they, they want to see a little bit of um, progress, uh, particularly at home. And that will be, you know, Slough aren't pulling up any trees, but if you're going to get in the playoffs... You've got to be beating Slough. You've got to beat Slough, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, into the Southern Counties East League then, and uh, we'll start with looking at last weekend's results. Uh, Friday, Friday night, it was a 4-0 win for Tommage Royals when they travelled to Canterbury City. Then the big games on Saturday. It finished up Chatham Town 2, Glebe 4, Irith Town 0, Sheppey United 2. Uh, Deal Town were beaten 3-0, losing their unbeaten away record as they lost... Uh, at Fisher, it was Hollands and Blair 2, Holmesdale 0. We'll talk about Hollands and Blair shortly. Uh, Kennington 1, Irith and Belvedere 2, Punjab United 2, Crowborough Athletic 4, Rustall 1, Lords with 3, Tower Hamlets 1, Beerstead 3, and Wellingtown 0, K Sports 3. Uh, then on Tuesday night, Chatham got back to winning ways. Uh, they left it late though, three goals in the space of seven minutes in the second half as they came from 2 0 down to beat Punjab United 3 2. It was Crowbrush Athletic 1, Glebe 1, and Everton Belvedere 1, Fisher 1. Uh, so it's all looking very, very tight at the top of the table after those games. Well, Hollands and Blair, Matt, uh, mentioned them there. They've parted company with Simon Halsey uh, this week. Uh, they had a good win at the weekend, but uh, Simon Halsey has moved on. And, and the, the chairman is going to be taking charge on a caretaker basis. But I think there's a, a potential there for, for someone to... to go in and, and have a go at things at Hollands and Blair. I mean, start of last season, they signed Danny Kedwell, didn't they? So there might be something there for them, but it's just finding the right sort of person, isn't it? Yeah. Simon Housey, you know, successful in this in this level before as a manager and uh, just hasn't really worked out for them. It's a tough division this, this year. Um, the chairman's gone back in. I think he's managed before, so to see what he can do. I, 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 th- I read the article that um, they won at the weekend, but the manager wasn't there. So maybe this has been in the pipeline for a while um, from that. Yeah, we have to see how they get on and we'll keep an eye on who gets the job there. Well, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people um, looking at that who've managed at this level um, to get a job. Yeah, Simon Halsey, he's been on the show, hasn't he? So, um, he has, yes. Yeah, so sad to see him lose his job. Um, but again, uh, that may open a door for somebody else. Absolutely. The top of that scaffold table, by the way, uh, this is how it stands at the moment. Sheppard United are top, played 12, 34 points. Chatham Town played 13, 33 points. Glee played 13, 32 points. Irith Town played 14, 31 points. Uh, Deal Town played 13, 28 points. And Irith and Belvedere played 11, 26 points. Uh, that is a, an absolute must-watch at the moment, the top of that table. Uh, and we, we were kind of talking last week about what, what the knock-on of those top-of-the-table games would be. Would someone be clear? Would someone be out of it? I, and I don't think that's really happened in, in any of those cases. I, I think uh, of all the teams, that the one probably be the most disappointed about their, their week's work would be Deal Town. Uh, that defeat of Fisher, 
you know, it, it, they've not lost, lost a lot of games this season and conceded a lot of goals and they go and concede three uh, in one fell swoop. So you can understand that that was probably a, a tough one for them, but it's still so tight, isn't it? Yeah. The Chatham one, when I saw they were two down against Punjab, I thought, oh, yeah. But they've managed to fight out maybe that, you know, three goals in seven second half minutes, what it is in the 70th minute. Could that be, could that sort of really spark them again? I suppose Sheppy not playing, but winning at the week, it's, it's a result there. But Glebe again, going to Chatham, you'd think they go to Kroger and get a result, but they'd only draw one all. So, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating division. Fascinating division. And you, I, think, I don't think you can count, Eric, with two games in hand. If they win those, they're writing it as well. So, yeah, maybe a six-horse race, isn't it? Which I'd oh. probably say, you know, even though I like Deal, Deal will be on the outskirts of it. You still think Sheppey and Chatham will be the sides. And at the moment, Sheppey are probably in the, in a better position for it. But as you said earlier, it could be if, if you can win as much, you know, come push it as close as you can, second may be enough. Absolutely. So it's, it's really, really interesting uh, to see what's going to be happening there. If Town, incidentally, uh, we talked about them last week on the show. They had their uh, game, FA Youth Cup game against Portsmouth uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, 444, I think, was the attendance, a club record uh, for them. And their youth team were beaten 1-0 by Portsmouth, a team who won the FA Cup 13 years ago. So that is a brilliant, brilliant achievement. And, and I hope that the future is really, really bright for everybody at Irith Town. Uh, the fixtures this weekend uh, in the Scaffold Premier Division, Crowborough against Hollands and Blair on Saturday, Deal Town at home to Wellington, Irith and Belvedere against Chatham, the big games, Football. they keep on coming, uh, Glebe against Fisher, it's K-Sports against Irith Town, Holmesdale against Tower Hamlets, Lordswood against Beersted, Punjab United against Canterbury City, Sheppey United at home to Rustle, Tunbridge Wells take on Kennington, uh, and then on Tuesday in the Premier Division, Irith and Belvedere against Glebe, and it's Lordswood against Tunbridge Wells. Uh, we'll quickly run... be there with, with Erith and Belvedere and Chatham playing each other. Rustle second bottom of the table. Sheppey, you're thinking, right, you know, if, if, if that could be a draw, cause, you know, Erith only lost once all season, so that's a tough game for Chatham. You know, big weekend for Sheppey, I think, there. You'd expect them to beat Rustle, wouldn't you? You would expect them to beat Rustle, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it's a, it's a big opportunity for them to perhaps open a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of of a gap, I suppose, with the teams above them, so uh, below them. Sorry, so yeah, so it, it's very, very much a, uh, a, a an interesting. Oh, one. I'm looking ahead. I see John that Sheppy play Erith and Belvedere in the following week. So <laughs> you gotta love the gotta love the scaffold. It's absolutely. You should really go to a game at some point, yeah, mate. Yeah, if you're well, ever, I should go to deal at some point, shouldn't I? Again, pop yeah. down there, local team. So um, from that, see my mate Kingy. Yeah, so yeah, give some yeah out and about some yeah crack, some cracking division that. It's just it's just the best, isn't it? It's so it's such fun. Uh, Beckenham Town didn't have any league games this weekend. They had a Kent Senior Trophy game, which they won at Lordswood, uh, and there some other competition that I didn't mind. But they do play uh, Hawley Town at home uh, in the league on Saturday, so that will be an interesting one for them. Uh, Skeffield Division One over the weekend uh, on Saturday. All these games on Saturday actually. Croydon two, Faversham Strike Force two, FC Elmstead one, Forest Hill Park nil, Lafferty Newhithe one, Brydon Ropes one. Lewisham Borough 3, Greenways 2, Meridian VP 1, Westside 2, Rochester United 4, Chesson Hook 0, SC Thamesby 3, Lidtown 2, Snodland Town 1, Sutton Athletic 2, Stansfeld 0, Tooting Beck 2, and Staples Marks 3, Kent Football United 4. Uh, plenty going on there. And again, that division 
anyone could beat anyone. I go through all those results every week and you think, sometimes you think, oh, they must be a good side and then they lose the next week. Uh, but the table, just to run through it quickly, Stansfeld are top 13 games played, 30 points. Tutti Beck have 30 from their 14. Uh, Bryden Ropes have 26 from their 13 games. Uh, Croydon also have 26 points from 14. Larkford and New Hive, 26 points from 15. Sutton Athletic have 25 points but they've only played 11 games. So they've got up to four games in hand on the teams above them. So they're probably the team to watch, but it's the old adage of would you rather have points uh, on the board or the games to play? Uh, the fixtures in Scaffold Division 1 over the weekend, Bryden Ropes home to Westside, Chesterton Hook against Forest Hill Park, Fraveston Strike Force home to Staples Monarchs, it's Kent Football United against Larkfield and New Hyde, Lewisham Borough against Rochester United, Lidtown against Meridian VP, SC Thamesmead against Croydon, uh, is a two o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Saturn Athletic against Stansfeld. That is a massive game. That's also a two o'clock kickoff. And it's two two back against FC Elmstead. Monday night, Greenway's at home to Snobland Town. Uh, and then on Wednesday, Forest Hill Park take on Kent Football United. So plenty of local football uh, to get your teeth into over the course of the week. I think we've covered everything, haven't we, Matt? I think we have, mate. Yeah, another busy show. Um, more interviews this week, which is great to hear people there. So... Business end of the season starts starting to take a little bit of shape now. As we go into November, um, we we mm, you got to love the Skeff. Skeffles such a great division. Are we yeah, apart from the National League? Well, I don't need to look at the National League because I know what's going on there. But that's the first page I go on Twitter after a game is check out the Skeff. I think, oh blimey, that's a bit of a shock. Oh, they've scored a lot of goals there. So yeah, keep an eye. Get if you go also if you're on. If you listen to the show and you're on Twitter, make sure you follow the scaffold because they're really update all the information. The goals are always coming thick and fast, so it's a really good one to follow as well. Yeah, I mean, during games, they do genuinely just every time there is a goal, it's updated. And I've actually stood next to Dean, he does the press uh, for them, and he is working, he's literally getting messages coming through. Every time there's a goal, there's someone at one of the games is texting him and he's updating the website with, what, with who's scored and everything like that. So it's is like a, it's almost like a video printer there, but the goals are just they're always there and coming in, and, and it's a, it's absolutely brilliant. And I certainly take advantage of that and follow it whenever I can. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's it's great to see. And, and as we say, more big games coming over the course of November. It's it's such exciting times. I think whatever way you do it, there's going to be some some type, some big games almost every single week at the moment in, in that division, and, it, and it's absolutely fantastic. And you know, I, I look. Look ahead at, at, at all the games coming up. You said she, you got Sheppey against uh, Irith and Belvedere in a couple of weeks' time. Well, on the first weekend of December, it's Sheppey against Glebe. So it is just non-stop. Uh, yeah. There's always going to be some big games going around. But it's uh, it's it's really, really fascinating league. Have uh, you been watching anything on the telly, mate? Uh, I've started watching Stath Let's Flats. Have you seen any of that? Oh, you mentioned that before, yeah. So no, not much. No. Uh, I've watched anything this week. No, we haven't really. Um, no, nothing, nothing, not much. Uh, we did watch that Martin thing about the uh, the night watch the night stalker, which was oh, yeah, that was really good, wasn't it? Enjoyed that. Um, but nothing really because someone Hayley went to school with was in the Martin Cleans thing. What, as in, what really? Yeah, so Hayley went to school with a lad who's uh, he's become an actor. Uh, and he had a part in uh, in the Night Stalker, so we were watching it, and Hayley was like, "Oh, there he is!" Um, so that was quite it's quite yeah, interesting. Cool. Um, Did you go anybody school with anybody famous? 
uh, one of the hosts of the Kent Only podcast. Oh, very good, very good. Um, but, uh, no, I, I, do you know what? I don't think there is anyone famous who went to my... Freddie Laker used to go to my school. Uh, does that count? Man. That's him, yeah. Uh, but no, I don't think many people have gone on to, to do much, uh, certainly of my uh, sort of era, I suppose. Um, I'm just trying to think. There were There were some people who... We sort of did bits and pieces, but you know nothing uh, of of much. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a few people with uh, Wikipedia pages from my school. I'm just looking. Um, there's certainly an idea of a, a very famous violinist. He went to my school, and I remember being at school at the same time as him. Uh, Gideon Coe, the 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 DJ, he uh, went to my school. Um, and uh, yeah, he's a bit of an idiot, so we don't. I don't think they tend to look at, uh, at him as a <laughs> as something to be proud of. But uh, yeah, very interesting. Oh, I, do you know what? I found someone famous who went to my school, and I should probably have got this earlier on. Um, but the Queens Park Rangers defender Sam McCallum, who played for Herne Bay, uh, then Coventry, right. Norwich, uh, he went to my school. Obviously, uh, he wasn't born when I left school. But he did go to my school. Was he on loan next? Is he loan at Coventry again? He's on loan at QPR from Norwich. Has he been playing? Uh, He's played four appearances uh, this season. So I don't know if he's... But he went... He is a famous former pupil of my school. Alumni, isn't it? Yes, alumni is the word. What about you? Anyone famous from... No, no, no. um, An actor who lives in America. He was in, I think, Band of Brothers. What school is it you went to? Astor. Astor Secondary School. My first girlfriend went to that school. All right, there you go. That's a different. That's for a different pod, different time. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, no, I don't think anybody has really. No, not no, to be fair. No, not nobody from Dover has really become any famous. I don't think. I think a lady in Emmerdale. I don't know if she's still in it. I think she went to Dover College. Simon Simon Cow went to Dover College. As did Jeffrey Archer. I think. Wow. And pillars of society. The pair of them. There you go. It's not a great hotbed for for people being famous in any sort of field is it i mean obviously cricket but apart from that you don't get a lot of people from kent really flying the flag anywhere no no who's the, who's the most famous person in kent hmm. that's a question actually talking of kent cricket and i do just quickly want to pay tribute to uh, alan nicholson uh, hmm. the former um kent and england fast bowler who sadly passed away earlier on this week uh, a legendary man and i read um one of the nicest compliments I, I've seen about a person in a long time, uh, which was someone said he was the only per- the only creature they'd ever known whose fame and success did not change him in any way, shape or form. Uh, really, really nice bloke. I met, I met him a few times uh, and my dad actually has a signed picture of his um, from his benefit year up on um up on the wall in his in his house. So uh, yeah, thoughts with everyone who knows uh, Alan Nicholson. Really, really sad news uh, this week. Um, but yes, that's uh, yeah, that's, that's a bit of a sad note. Let's something cheerful to end the show on, Matt. Come on, come on. Uh, David won't lose his week. That's true. Very good. Excellent. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as well. Search for Kent Nonley Podcast. I'm at John Phipps 81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Thank you very much to all three of our guests for giving up their time uh, to talk to us. I really, really enjoyed those interviews as well. So it's, uh, it's, it's really excellent. And uh, hopefully we'll have an FA Cup upset to talk about next week when we return for the Kent Nonley Podcast. Speak to you then. It's quite late, mate. Can we do it a bit earlier next week now? <laughs>